the piece of music you're listening to is called African Bliss. It's an example of a cheerful, upbeat, and obviously African-inspired uh, composition, which I've used in a number of soundtracks, audio, dramas, and uh, podcast episodes. It's an example of uh, a stereotypical South African sound based on a group called Soweto String Quartet. You're listening to How I Make Music. This is a weekly show for music producers going behind the scenes of soundtrack music composition. Each week I break down something that I've written into parts and I explain the parts and I try and basically share the knowledge with other bedroom composers and hack musicians like myself so that we can all do better work. My name is John Bartman and I'm a music composer and producer from South Africa and this is How I Make Music. Today, African Bliss. Great, let's start with a little one-minute preview of what to expect for the rest of this episode. I said I was going to do it last week, and here we go. I'll go through some of the sounds that we're going to hear uh, one by one and give you an idea of what to expect, starting with the bass and the piano together, a sort of rhythm section. Cool. So we'll come back to that. Then we have drums and clap sounds, which sound like this. very African already. There's also a shaker in there by the sounds of it. Then we've got some harmony in the form of the marimba and the guitar, which sound like this. Nice acoustic guitar sound. And finally, the all-important string section, which gives this track its character and identity. With soundtrack music, there is, oh, I'm not sure about you, but with me, there's always a temptation to um, complexify, to turn it into uh, pop music with an arrangement such as a beginning, a middle, and an end based on different harmonies. So the, the A section you know, might be a 1-4-5 chord progression, and then your chorus might be a 1-5-6-4 chord progression. The point is that they're changing all the time. And the joy and beauty of soundtrack music is the simplicity. You can afford to get away with taking one musical idea and stretching it out over two or three minutes. So soundtrack music, you can actually generate a lot more music much more quickly. But the risk is making it sound like it's been copy-pasted. You want to avoid this too. So somewhere in between the two, you've got to create variation. And I've done that in this track by using... Uh, different instrumentation, bringing them in and out at different times. So I've written these separate parts that I just played for you, the bass and drums, the marimba guitar, and the strings, and I've given them all their turn, and then at the end they all combine together to form one big uh, happy family. <laughs> Let's begin with that string section. I want to play you the first few bars of this composition, right at the, right at the top. Here we go. I 
I recorded these strings by multi-tracking my violin. It's a simple part, and I could do 8 to 16 tracks quite quickly just by looping it in Ableton. Now, you can hear that it's not like those string libraries that you hear, which are perfectly mixed and perfectly uh, balanced. In fact, as a comparison, let me play you what this part might sound like on the string library that I've been using, which is the uh, Spitfire original series. Let's give that a listen as a comparison. You can immediately hear the difference. It's professionally recorded by a large ensemble uh, at Air Studios in London, in fact. And it's an example of coming up with really good and crisp sounding and film score ready material in one small patch that actually only cost me $30 to download versus the hard <laughs> labor that it takes to reproduce the same thing on a, an actual violin. Now, the results on the actual violin, in my opinion, are not as good. Well, not as technically good, not as polished, not as film score ready. But why I like them is because there's nuance in them. You can hear that they've been played by a real person and you somehow that has its place in this soundtrack. Um, on the one hand, you're getting a raw and handcrafted and very flawed product. On the other hand, you're getting a very glossy and very sleek product that's also used by other people. So I'm not trying to tell you exactly which way to go. What I'm saying is that if you have the chance to include live instruments, you can expect them to not sound perfect, and you can ex also expect them to have a bit more character. Of course, you don't want to be creating stuff that makes people put cotton wool in their ears. So the take-home here, the point of this comparison, is just to give you a sense of the spectrum and um, empower you to put, place yourself somewhere on the spectrum. Let's skip ahead right to the end of the song and hear how the string section has evolved by then. Here we go. Alright, so there's been a harmony that's been added underneath, a second part. Now, just for kicks, I'm going to play that again and I'm going to layer that with the sampled sounds, the sampled strings which are the perfect ones. So we've got the sort of imperfect ones on the top and the perfect ones on the bottom. Give that a listen together. Now that is the way forward. You've got the best of both worlds. The sampled strings form like a bed, which uh, brings a bigness to the sound because we're talking about 30 players underneath the live recording which serves as the character at the top end together they combine going forward this is how I'm going to be doing most of my string ensemble stuff and I think it is the industry standard in fact entire orchestras are uh, used to achieve this very same effect in uh, top-level film score production, they often score the entire um, track with an orchestra sample or orchestra sampled sounds and then take it to be re-recorded on top, which explains why film scores sound so very massive. It, it really combines the best of both worlds. So going forward, uh, and in retrospect, I mean, this track I wrote it over a year ago, but going forward, I'll be doing string ensembles combining live 
and the um, the sampled sounds. Great, that's um, about enough about that. I will link the um, patch that I use in the show notes. I can highly recommend it. It's by Spitfire Audio. It's called the original Epic String series. I'll link it in the show notes. Right, let's move on to the uh, remaining parts. So the bass and piano, here we go. One of the advantages to uh, being able to play the instruments is that you're able to generate ideas far more quickly. I think there is a mindset for each instrument that you play, and when you get into that mindset, you can come up with little bits and pieces that make it evident that there's musicality behind the composition. What I'm talking about is the way that the bass comes in after the piano. It's a little high-octave pickup measure that sounds like this. In soundtrack music, and also in this type of African music specifically, things are kept quite simple. As a general rule, things are kept quite simple. So it is a real wonder and pleasure when you get to have a little moment. Um, The challenge is to use these moments at just the right frequency. Not too much and not too little. So at the end of 16 bars, you might find something like this in the bass. Great, nice little fill, just smooths the transitions over, brings some humanity to the composition, so that's cool. Um, The piano, there is very little to say about it, it literally is a 4-1-5-1 progression, so in the key of D, we're going G, D, A, D, and that pretty much carries the whole way through with a very simple rhythm. If you did want to bring some variation into this simple progression, you could go do a chord substitution. So instead of playing the G, you play an E minor, because they sound very similar. So you could go... Now here, E minor. Thank you very much. No autotune. I've also decided to match the violin and the string ensemble with the top line uh, of these chord progressions, meaning that the inversions I've chosen, the top note is the one your ear hears the most, so instead of playing, for example, a G here, I've played a G up here, because that makes you hear this line, which is what the strings are doing. So matching what the strings are playing with the piano is playing creates a sense of harmony, tightness. Epic. Great. Super wonderful. Fantastic. I love doing this podcast for you. Let's move on to the uh, drums and the percussion sounds like this. We've got a combination of three sounds here. The one is the djembe drum, the other one is a hand clap, and the third one is a shaker. Now these are all instruments that you can imagine coming from traditional parts of Africa, um, which is why I've included them. The djembe drum is a um, recording from a sample library called West Africa. It's a contact library. I can highly recommend it. It really owns this type of sound. It's got a whole bunch of different um, solo instruments and ensembles. So if you're looking for a traditional African sound, go grab that. West Africa from Native Instruments. 
And uh, the claps and the shaker I did myself. So very easy to create hand claps. You stand in front of a microphone, you clap your hands. And then the shaker sounds are very much also just a, a regular shaker that I used. So that is that combination of sounds. Uh, there's not much to go into there. Um, if you're looking for an African traditional sound, then pick those instruments. And I like the feeling that it brings, which is um, that of a village standing around or a group of people standing around. I think we've all had those moments of, uh, you know, cultural bridging. And uh, that's what this track is trying to create. It's a sense that uh, you're welcome to this party, even though you might not feel like you belong there. Um, which is a, an experience that we have quite often in South Africa. So, um, yeah, this is really much, the sound is very much in our bloodstream. Um, let me see if I can find a link to the Soweto String Quartet, which I'd like to play. Um, that's the group that influenced the sound that I'm making today. And uh, it's a string ensemble sound with an African traditional feel. And if you want to get this music down, I recommend you go and get give that a listen for sure. The other reference track for this is a TV show called Sevendalan, which means 7th Avenue, and that was a big TV show, an Afrikaans TV show in the 80s. Um, their theme song really owned the sound too. And whenever I play this on the violin, then this kind of sound on the violin, then everyone in South Africa says, ah, oh, it's a Sevendalan cover. Let's talk about the marimba and the acoustic guitar, here they are in combination. That's two takes of an acoustic guitar, one in each ear, and nice and full of flaws and squeaks and scratches. Here's the marimba. little drills. See those go quite well on their own together so part of the reason I bounce out stems when I export these tracks is so that someone could use just this on its own without the rhythm section, the piano and the bass and all the drums and the clapping. Um, so there we go, that's an, the 4151 progression with a West African sort of um, finger style picking guitar on an acoustic steel string guitar in combination with the uh, Native Instruments Contact 4 Library marimba patch. I'll dump all that info in the show notes on where to find those sounds. This sound, or the song, is very repetitive. It's the whole two, three minutes, I think, is um, 4 one, five, one progression, and we need to introduce variation. We can't just create one cool-sounding eight-bar loop and then keep it going for two or three minutes it puts your listener to sleep and it actually starts to aggravate your ear after a while if there's no change because the human ear tends to reject perfection. And nothing creates more variation than a good old-fashioned solo. So I included both a uh, short violin solo and a guitar solo in this piece. I'll just play a little snippet from each. Gotta love the uh, breathing sounds in the background. One of the advantages to being a producer is that you can take the best snippets from solo and then cut out all the crap that you messed up. So that is a composite of a number of different phrases and licks played together. I'm not really a competent jazz violinist yet. Um, but with a guitar, we, well, I managed to do it in, in one take. So here's your little guitar solo snippet. 
kind of mirrors the melody, and uh, I do like the charm of being able to hear the uh, the breathing in the background and uh, to hear the slides on the guitar and to hear that you're in an acoustic space. So both of those little solos create a nice moment. Um, hopefully, I can uh, hopefully I've helped you understand a little bit about what it takes to create this type of soundtrack. Um, if you're leaning heavily on instrumentation, like I have in this one. You can be sure that it's going to sound more human, but also be uh, a lot more work than um, simply using uh, sample patches. Um, but essentially, for this entire journey for me is about finding a way to get better. It's, it's about having an excuse or a reason to sit down. Same thing as this podcast. Once a week I sit down and I try to convey some of this stuff because it's important to me to be better at explaining it as well as to be better at doing it and the only way you really get anywhere is if you if you do the work you know in a digital era everything's a copy of a copy and everyone is searching for that authenticity so i encourage you to actually just uh spend less time um, taking in new content and new advice and new tutorials on what to do and actually go out and set yourself a deadline of putting out 10 tracks in a style that you like or even just one um, but make that start, you know, set up your gear, make it easy to just turn on with one switch and make a habit out of it. That's how you start doing anything awesome. We'll listen to the full track in just a moment. But before we do that, thank you for listening to How I Make Music, the weekly show in which I break down one of my original soundtracks and I share the insights behind how it was made. So you bedroom composers, producers, hack musicians like me can make better music or at least have an idea of what other people like you are up to. Um, there's a new episode every Wednesday. If you like the podcast, please subscribe and share it with your music producer friends. Search for it uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Go check out How I Make Music. I'm on episode 33 or 34 now, uh, so there's quite a bit of stuff to get through. If you need this music and other music like it for your own podcast, or like an intro theme or a video production that you're doing, or maybe even for the classroom if you teach, then go ahead and download this track from the, this episode as well as a lot of others from my library. My website is johnbartman.com, J-O-H-N-B-A-R-T-M-A-N-N.com. I love working with other creators. I help people with their audio dramas, radio journalism, video production, that kind of thing. So go to the music page and you can search by mood or, or instrument. Um, I encourage you to go check that out. All the royalty-free soundtracks that I've done, making them available to you guys for very little or for free entirely. So thanks again for listening. Now here is African Bliss. It's a cheerful, upbeat, um, South African-sounding string ensemble, African traditional music combo um, based on the beautiful uh, precedent set by the Soweto String Quartet, which I'll link in the show notes. Here's the track in its entirety, Thanks again for listening, guys, and I will catch you next week.